G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 172 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Uh, thank you very much for the emails and uh, feedback we've had from the last couple of podcasts. Been uh, been really, really lovely to uh to have uh, such um, broad uh, questions and so forth coming through and um, yeah, different, uh, different uh, uh, topics of conversation, but really the same uh, agenda, which is mental wellbeing and uh, you know, some of the, the challenges and so forth that, uh, that individuals have sort of faced, uh, not only within their own lives, but within others, within their families that are around them. And um, today's guest, uh, Mitchell Cook, is uh, uh, a young man or middle-aged man perhaps now <laughs> uh, based uh, based up at Mackay is the CEO of the Mackay Cutters which is a second tier NRL uh, club um, which plays against um, Rockhampton and uh, other regional towns uh, within Queensland primarily um, basically it's a feeder club Mackay to uh, Townsville Townsville Cowboys so there's a nice pathway program there going on for uh, young up-and-coming players in the in the Mackay region to be able to sort of go further with their rugby uh, into the NRL and um, yeah that 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 pathway and that linkage is uh, seem, seems to be getting a lot better and a lot uh, a lot stronger now and um, uh, you know Mitch uh, I understand is um, is really proactive with regards to what he does he come from a strength and conditioning background and then basically wanted to look at uh, working with uh, the well-being and uh, I suppose the potential of a club to another level. So he became interested in administration and eventually uh, landed the role as a CEO up there at Mackay. So we're going to hear a lot about uh, his uh, journey, but also around uh, the managing the well-being of players and how important that is to them as a club and him as an individual. And We've had discussions about you know clubs being a really um, great place for, for people to be able to not only better their sport but also to better their their own um, own lives uh, inside and outside the club. So um, we're going to talk a lot about what they do there and also some of the, the strategies that we can all sort of adopt moving forward. So I'm really sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Um, just want to make a special mention to the Real Shift to support the podcast, uh, Mick and Amy Stooth. So. You're looking to uh, change something in your life they've got a deep dive program which helps people uh, shift through blockages uh, and habits uh, into um, a state of, uh, of more awareness and thriving so um, if you're looking to, to make some shifts in your life uh, I really encourage you to jump on their website it's just uh, therealshift.com uh, if you go to therealshift.com forward slash deep dive you mentioned the Outback Mine, you'll get a discount. So um, it's definitely a good investment in yourself, and it's not expensive. So really, uh, really great way to, uh, to 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 help ourselves by uh, investing in ourselves and, and moving forward. So please uh, help them out, check them out, uh, and uh, appreciate your feedback with this conversation with Mitch and I. G'day, Mitch. Hi, Aaron. How are you going? Very well, mate. Thanks for joining me. Uh, now, I don't mean to rub it in, but uh, you're on Hamilton Island at the moment. Is that right? I am having a few days on the island, which is, yeah, we're really looking forward to. We've got a bit of a family trip, so it's always good to get away, and especially a place like this. Unreal. So tell me, no rugby today? Yeah, rugby league. So um, we we are playing in Burley. It's an away trip. Um, 
I've got a few away trips scheduled in, but this one has been one where I, I wasn't travelling away, so I'm making the most of getting away for the weekend. Yeah, good work, mate. Um, we'll talk more about uh, uh, the rugby side of things and um, and obviously uh, the competition that you're in uh, as we go, mate. But can you tell me a bit about your your background as an individual? Obviously, uh, coming from Victoria, what it was like for you as a young fellow was sport a big part of your life and and pretty much your upbringing in, in, in general down there? Yeah, of course. Uh, my current role is CEO of Mackay Covers. Um, we play in the Queensland Rugby League statewide competition. Mm-hmm. It's the Host Plus Cup. Uh, we have five teams currently from under-16s uh, right through to seniors with one under-19s women's team. Uh, so uh, we've, we've got... Um, an affiliation with the North Queensland Cowboys as well, which uh, means we get uh, players coming back and coming into the Cutters team when they don't get picked for the Cowboys. So it's that semi-professional level. And previously to the Cutters, I was um, working with Collingwood for three years uh, through VFL operations and Pathways Academy manager. And you know, it was a great three years spent there and. Uh, learn a lot such a big organization and COVID unfortunately saw my time end at Collingwood and uh, we made the move up up north to the warmer weather but previously to Collingwood I was again um, at Mackay and I was doing a strength conditioning role uh, for three years and we had some success during those years 2013 we won uh, the premiership against Brisbane Tigers uh, so the first one for the club and, and still the only one. Uh, we haven't played finals since 2013, so uh, but it's been a long time since um, some success at the club. I'm really looking forward to you know the future that things we're putting in place uh, at the Cardinals currently that um, hopefully setting us up for success. Mm. But yeah, so not not a rugby league. Uh, I didn't grow up with rugby league. I was AFL. Aussie rules background, uh, growing up in the Mornington Peninsula down in, in Melbourne. It's about an hour south of Melbourne. Um, so basketball, Aussie rules, uh, tennis, they were mainly my sort of sports growing up. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of fell in a rugby league after school. I started in a gym and I worked my way into strength conditioning, wanting to work with teams and um, probably started with my local AFL team, Dramana Tigers, back in the day and there were some uh, you know, good experiences to have with them, sort of learning how to work with bigger groups and um, what's needed to, to bring you know, players together and, and have team success mm. rather than individual. And, and then I, I just applied for a volunteer role on uh, sports people. It was a head trainer role with the Victorian under-15 uh, team and, yeah, for some unknown reason they gave me that position with no real experience in rugby league but and knowing that um at the time they they definitely needed people um to attract people to to the sport it was around 2007 2008 years uh where i did i did that and i had no idea that that was they were linked to the melbourne storm so Mm. Uh, from there, I was able to get some experience with the Storm in their strength conditioning programs and, and finally worked my way in with NRL development and um, working full-time with them over a number of years as well. Mm. Interesting, mate. You would have been 
around the Melbourne Storm at a pretty pivotal time where they had that great era with Billy Slater and Cameron Smith and, uh, and the likes, I'd imagine. It sure was. And it was, yeah, it was just great to, you know, sit back and, um, you know, you reflect on that now. I definitely take a lot of things that I've I learned during that time into my day-to-day and especially my work life. Um, so, yeah, I, I do look back on those experiences and those memories with, um, yeah, just great privilege really to be amongst um, little snippets of that. You know, I wasn't in the whole um, day-to-day, you know, every day with the team, but I got to learn off um, some really good people there and good coaches and uh, programs. I was part of the first SG Ball Under-18s team that made the um, grand final. That was pretty big for the club because it's the first time in the competition and uh, part of the MYC under 20s um, when we had that for a few years. So that was great. Get to have some good relationships and connections with um, current players still playing at the moment. And mm. also, the 2010 year was um, the controversial um, salary cap uh, season where it was the first year this, the Storm had a reserve grade team, and I was doing the strength conditioning for that and had trained a role. And yeah, again, you know, everyone knows the the history of that but to uh, have that that's not small involvement and you know, not involvement of, of the salary cap but just to be amongst seeing the players come in and out and what that season ended up meaning to the group and the club to you know play for no points and um you know the club has again had great success past that that year and it's a credit to everyone who um made that happen mm, amazing mate and yeah, look, you, 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 I suppose looking at your pathway now, like, like where you are, to have that uh, connection with uh, Townsville would be really good for your own um, stability, but also your own growth and potential. Yeah, very much so. I, I know last time I was in Mackay, and um, again, we were affiliated with the Cowboys, and always have been since the Cutters were established, but um, you made some really good connections during that period, and and they've held true to now, so it's so important. I guess I've learned going through the relationships you make, and uh, yeah, that they, they can definitely help you in the future. Um, you know, when you're going for positions or um, you know reconnecting with with certain groups and people, it's um, very handy to keep fostering those relationships as well. Mm. It's an important thing that um, yeah can't be sort of overlooked, and the. People like, you know, Cowboy CEO Jeff Rybal and um, GM at Footy, Michael Luck, um, are, are great people to learn off. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, mate, absolutely. Uh, I guess, yeah, look, uh, is, is, isn't it important in life to be able to have some mentors and people around you where you can, um, you know, actually um, look at the way that they operate with regards to their uh, their outfits and then be able to you know sort of uh, bring that into your own life as an individual but also what that can actually do to um, to grow uh, a network which is like what you're obviously within now with with such a you know a broad outfit and I didn't realize there were so many teams there involved with uh, with the colors but but yeah I just think you know uh, getting getting onto the mental health side of things quickly before we dive into it deeper um, you know that support that you have is is is, is really important for you uh, to be able to look after yourself, but also to 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 do your role uh, better. Um, you know we talk about 
regional communities and, and isolation and so forth and um, and support. Um, you know, for the average guy out there in a lot of these smaller communities, there's not a lot of support primarily. And um, yeah, just, you know, uh, thinking about like yourself as an individual, if you weren't able to have those connections, it might make your role a little bit more challenging at that level, possibly. Yeah, no, no doubt it would. And you, you need to sort of lean on that support from time to time and, and, and identify that it is there. Um, and when it's not there, uh, you know, probably, you know, that's a bit of a self-reflection of why there isn't any support for certain uh, situations. But Definitely in the regional, and you know, Mackay in itself is, is pretty regional. We're four, hour, four and a bit hours from Townsville, and another four hours south from Rockhampton. Mm. Um, so we can be, again, in our own sort of little little bubble in Mackay as well. And mm. um, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely not underestimated uh, your networks that you, you can create around yourself, especially in the work environment, is very important for for that well-being and then broader through what we've been talking about the, the past relationships experiences and work colleagues and uh, different environments you get exposed to the people you meet along the way and um you, you just got to keep fostering them and um and checking in and because it goes both ways it's not only just for me but it's also for them as well yes yeah oh for sure absolutely it's, uh, it's well said and um, uh, it's interesting, you know, with your own development, did you have a, like a, a sporting background as a young fella or were you someone that was just sort of more interested in the, in the, uh, in the support side of things with regards to, to getting into the game or did you have a, like a, you know, a traditional pathway with junior footy and going into the TAC Cup and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, sort of. I had a bit of a different childhood. I the age of eight, I, um, I was on a tennis court being built with my brother and um, I was eight and he was about six and a half, seven, um, building a cubby house and there's a few bricks bricks there and we lifted one up and a nest of buoyants jumped out. Mm. And as we, are that, as we do at that age, we started getting into the buoyants and um, sort of squashing them and one of them crawled into me, my boot and bit me and then I jumped straight up in the air and in a great deal of pain and jumped straight on a piece of coiled wire that was on the tennis court being built and that um, sprung straight up into my left eye, straight in the middle and instantly just took my sight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm blind in my left eye. I've, I don't have 20-20 vision. I've got about 5% vision in my left eye so I can really only see out of that when I close my right eye and, um, and it's all blurry but I do have a hard lens that I can wear, wear it with it but um, I tend to go away from that over the years just because it's so uh, irritating number one but um, doesn't really help me with my 2020 vision so mm. I've grown up with it and played sport um, I think pretty well since so I haven't I didn't get to sort of excel to probably what I thought I probably could could have, um, but that's okay too. I've, I've found um, purpose and passion in other areas like management. And I just love love sport growing up, and you know, always will. And I love working in sport. Um, mm. But my brother, he, he was able to um, sort of crack the AFL scene. He didn't play many games, but he, he did get 14 with Collingwood and um, had a great five years there. And 
um, those experiences that again allowed him to go on to um, you know, play with some really high footy at South Fremantle, South Fremantle um, mm-hmm. captain for a long time and had a great great career there. So uh, Ryan Cook, that's my brother, and um, yeah, he's, he definitely took probably the majority of the talent from from our family. Unreal, mate. Well, yeah, look, thank you very much for sharing that, you know. Um, geez, one thing I'm hearing is obviously out of that, um, that, 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 that sort of moment in time, you, you, you basically um, were pretty proactive, I suppose, after the healing sort of um, took care of itself and then basically worked out what you could do with what the abilities that you've actually had were and uh, to be able to sort of, you know, look at maybe I can't, pursue the things that I, I, I'd like to, but what else can I do? And I think that's that's really a credit to you, mate. Yeah, thanks. I, probably at a time when you're just you're pretty young and I had I was maybe thinking back, it is kind of, if it was to happen, happen at that age and not too much older and because um, I've sort of grown up having that sort of disability and, and being able to adapt and play, play sport um, with it, so I, I think I can remember turning and sort of turning straight into a referee in basketball once out of all the games I played, and mm. and in footy I think I only got knocked out once from a blind turn into my own teammate, and um, yeah, that was an under sixteenth grand final and uh, knocked me out. But back in those days, I ended up going back on and kicking three goals and we won. So oh, <laughs> that was that was um, yeah. You know, one of those things that just happen and, you know, opportunities within fit, the fitness industry and I think the sort of path that I wanted for myself I could see was in strength conditioning and then turning turn into management and operations and um, I, I think just to still wake up every day and working in, in sport, doesn't matter what sport, um, I'd rather be doing that than on the shovel. I've spent plenty of time landscaping and um, mm. lugging bricks around and rocks around and I'd rather be working in sport any other way. Good to hear, mate. Who would your mum blame about the bullet incident, you or, or Ryan? Um, oh, no doubt it was probably Ryan, but <laughs> uh, no, nah, it was just a, you know, we were pretty remote too at the time. We weren't near many um, medical facilities or anything, so um, I couldn't really communicate to them either what was sort of happening because all this happened so quick. I, I didn't even really know what happened. It was I just felt the bull ant bite in my foot, and that's all I was really complaining about. I just had blurry vision and probably didn't even know how, how it happened. But um, yeah, I had a few operations later, and um, yeah, they couldn't save it, unfortunately. But um, yeah. Since you've, you know, all the scar tissue and things, I've got some good coma from it. And they thought later on in life, probably about um, this age when I'm fully grown, I might be able to get it back, but unfortunately I can't. But it's all good. I'm, yeah, still Mm. able to live a great life. Yeah, mate. Well well said. And something came to me then um, when I was a young fellow, a brain tumor removed, and I remember them saying, Oh, I don't remember, but my parents were told, Oh, he might make it to 30. You know, and uh, <laughs> and then there might there might be a few more problems uh, possibly come from that, but I'm still here, you know, and uh, and I, I need to be grateful for for for, for that, you know. Uh, I, I guess, um, yeah, we uh, our life can go, you know, in, in many ways very quickly, uh, but you know, yeah, full credit to you for what you've been able to achieve, and 
uh, and everything that's that's come from that, obviously uh, as well. And it, it hasn't stopped. There's plenty of more uh, along the way to be able to, to to jump into to improve your you know your 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 level of commitment to sport. That's for sure, mate. And um, I'd like to get your uh, observation on I suppose mental health in sport over the last maybe decade or more. Like sort of since you come into the um, into the cutters outfit and probably before that and obviously coming into you know professional environment like Collingwood and so forth now do you think we've come a reasonable way or is there still some challenges I think we've definitely come a reasonable way um, in especially improving how it's being viewed within the inner sanctum of sporting clubs and then wider than that the wider community but I still think there's a long way to go as well mm. um, no doubt about that and it's more um, the conversations in and around that are being supported which is great um, but it's, you know, it's I think needs to happen further is every, every club and sporting organisation taking really res- real responsibility for what is happening inside mm. the sport or the club yeah. and putting the measures in place to support everyone inside a club, not just the players, because it's, it's not just isolated to players. The pressures and expectations and, you know, well-being, uh, it, you know, everyone has well-being and um, the struggles that happen from administration through to coaches, players, support staff. So I think when we get to a stage where the whole of game, whole of club, uh, is supported or feel supported um, I think we'll be in a, re- in a really good space and that needs to have uh, government support we need, uh, funding needs to be available for clubs to be able to facilitate it and also the, the salary cap relief or if it's a soft cap relief within wellbeing um, probably will play a part but then clubs again ownership responsibility to not exploit that mm. and and make sure that those resources are going to the right areas okay. so probably through my time of you know the experience of my brother going through five years from he got drafted in 2005 and left the system in 2010 and i got to live with him through um three to four years of that and you know, it was a big eye-opener for me of what he was going... He, he had to go through as a 17-year-old getting drafted into the system mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, didn't, didn't make it and had to find his own way post that. But everything else in and around that was a bit of an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And then also my experiences at the Cutters when I first went there in 2013-15, uh, we as a club had our own challenges. Um, there was a... Um, there's a few guys that did commit suicide at the club and that again that support network and everything else that was needed post that was all reactive in terms of especially the game how the game reacted to it how um, the club and the community reacted to it but since that I think now um, 2017 was when the club first introduced change the game initiative and it had largely come from those um, suicide events inside the club and then also the other connections that was happening around that in Mackay community of sorry of um, 
go further suicides. Mm. Um, so there was a group that got formed, Mackay um, Suicide Prevention Group, and that incorporated part of the Change of Game initiative going forward. And um, it, it is to tackle um, tackle um, mental health head on, and that more of that uh, salutogenic model, you know, that putting the good support network in place, so where. We're, put, we're making sure people are feeling supported, feeling like, and ident- and on, and know where the support is to to reach out and before it gets to you know yes. the end. Yes, yeah, mate. Yeah, look, I never realised that. I never, I never understood that we actually went through those uh, those traumas within that club environment. And um, you know, full credit to to you know those before you and you now to be able to take a proactive approach to it because it's very important. Um, you know, we've had discussions about the model uh, that we're in being really reactive and. And it's, you touch on something really important. If there's funding coming, it's getting used properly. It's not getting used just for for other purposes. You know, I believe a lot of the mental health system is is not outcomes driven. It's it's all income driven. You know, um, yeah. and uh, and really we've got we've got organisations that are scrambling um, to, to to keep afloat, but but really it's not having a tremendous effect. And and I've said for a long time. You know, Mitch, um, the workplace and the club is the foundation for uh, for an individual to be able to to feel safe and at home, but also to be nourished as an individual. Because we'll touch it in a minute, but you you would have seen people coming into the AFL system, which were probably a little bit more aware, but also coming into a um, into a regional club where you haven't got the the process with drafting and so forth. You don't really know what you're getting as far as an individual is concerned and what they're actually bringing uh, as, as far as their own uh, personal uh, traumas are concerned and, and how that's sort of affecting their own mental health. And um, um, yeah, mate, I think we're, we're, we're definitely um, got to have more conversations around this because it's really the way of the future. And um, um yeah i'm 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 really pleased to hear you um sort of have that that mindset mate because it's 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 needed yeah it sure is um i've just been part of a group who's completed um a certificate for an elite athlete well-being with the well-being science institute and mm. you know i recommend that to anyone who you know has an interest in this area to to help people um yeah it's, it's a great uh Educa- educational resource for people to immerse themselves in and understand and learn more and then to help other people so i think there's going to be more um certificates or diplomas and education like this in the future and you know to get a probably jump start on the industry would be um, beneficial to anyone who who wants to get involved yeah mate that's that's it's good to hear but like we're actually having um we're having uh, certifications now that make a difference, <laughs> you know. Um, a lot of the, the model uh, that we're in is, is redundant in many ways with regards to the um, uh, the clinical approach, I guess. If this is a proactive approach and a, and a, pract- a proactive way of learning, I think that's uh, that, that's powerful and what's needed. You there, Mitch? Yeah, so I just lost you there. You're right. Yeah, I think this is a really proactive uh, learning pathway, um, which is which is what's needed. Uh, a lot of the um, 
the, 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 within the clinical approach is really reactive and, um, you know, there's not a lot of development um, with regards to, um, you know, helping an individual um, with, within that club environment. This sounds like it's a great, uh, a great, a great um, uh, thing to get involved in. Yeah, it is. And I think Rugby League and the NRL themselves have been, you know, the f- driving this since I think around 2017 as well. Might have been, could even have been a year earlier, a year later. But, um, yeah, they've adopted the Wellbeing Science Institute uh, into Clubland and educating wellbeing managers to have one in, at each club, and that extends to the state leagues clubs. So mm. we have a wellbeing education manager, Joe Crane, currently working with all of our teams and, um, and and staff as well. So to have his guidance, support, and resource is where you really value. Mm. And um, he's doing he, he does a great job. So. Yeah, I see that within rugby league at the moment. I think it's going from strength to strength, and I think some other sports are playing a little bit of catch up, to be honest. And mm. um, I'd love to see, you know, these these other team sports and um, individual Olympic sports too um, really invest in wellbeing. Mm, yeah, well said, mate. Getting back to um, your observation. Uh, of mental health um, uh, within your time in sport. Uh, obviously, you touched on Ryan before and sort of seeing what he'd been through. Um, you know, lots of guys have come on this podcast that have, you know, come into the system, been sped out the other side and felt really uh, isolated and lonely and, uh, and um, a little bit unsure of themselves, you know, and that's really affected them. And it's still happening today in AFL primarily, you know, um, which is a shame. Um mm. Um, so say within the system that you're in now like you identify a talented player um, they might be out at uh, Longreach they might be out at Mount Isa or whatever and they come into your system do you have to do some checks on, on their backgrounds or do you do you really just take them in on a, on a talent based um, process yeah so through our recruiting uh, list management committee we definitely have our check, checks in place for anyone we're recruiting outside McLean district within the our region we we have a pathway so we have them coming in from we used, to, we used to have under 15s so that's turned into rise program which is 12 year olds to 15 year olds mm-hmm. and then they cut they transition into our under 16s program and that's where we'll really pick pick them up and um uh, getting building a relationship with a the player, um, then also learning the cutters and how we go about it. Education that um, you know we make sure that we do that with the NRL and the QRL in, in terms of what needs to be um, what the players need to go through at whatever age group they're at. So there's that sort of our system so our pathway system and then recruiting and within that if we we build that relationship and learn about them and what support further support they may need and that's provided mm-hmm. mm. mate that's 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 awesome to hear um do you know one thing that interests me say if you had a young fellow from out at um out at Manizer, for example, and he's incredibly talented, but you knew that he had a traumatic uh, upbringing, um, you know, 
which could could take many 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 paths. Um, um, what do you do? Do you say it's too high a risk, or do you actually have a, a process in place where you think, well, we can actually help this individual? Yeah, no, not not at all. So, like, we currently do have those types of players at the club. Um, everyone's got their own background, their own story, their own challenges. Even you know, sometimes from from the outlook or the the, the perfect player life. You know, are, are going through things at different times as well. So it's just, it's so important that we, um, we're holistic in our approach. Uh, so, you know, we're making sure we're developing the player on the field and off the field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely no, um, we don't pick and choose who, who we bring in because of um, something that they might be going through. You know, we're, we celebrate people's strengths and help people improve on in any area they need to improve. Mm. And that, that's not only players; that's that's everyone. That's from that's from myself. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not perfect. I've I know I've got a lot of areas to keep working on, improve on, and and some stuff that's not even related to work. And um, yeah, I'll use my support network in at work and outside of work to to continually improve myself um and yeah it's no different to players coming in Mm, mm, well said mate that's that's so good to hear do you know what like like how good would it be how good would it be would it be for a workplace that has a hundred people in their outfit to have that same philosophy yeah and i like for me i know wherever i want to go wherever i will go work next i'm not going to be the cutter i'll have to be at cutters for a long time but i'm not going to be there forever but i know I'll want to go somewhere that's going to support me as a person first and foremost, yeah. not just for what I'm going to be delivering day to day with with work and the skills that I can bring, um, because I really value that. And I think we've, we're creating that um, culture in at the club, um, which I really value. So, like, I offer all of our staff um, some uh, professional coaching or it might be um so they're called minds align in a Mackay, and they have sessions booked in with them and go through whatever they want to get um it's it's all around you know personal growth and a growth mindset so um yeah we we invest in people's personal professional development and i think that's really important Mm. oh mate absolutely it is you know don't want to get too much into my own journey, but you know I've managed um, large teams of guys for twenty five years or, or more. You know, and um, I said back in the early two thousands to some employers, then I said, "You your your model, and you're waiting till someone gets injured." I, I can see people getting injured uh, between their ears consistently. You know, in in these environments, what are you doing to look after them? Well, we're not worried about we're only worried about productivity and money and all those outcomes but yeah geez mate oh, we just got to turn that around and you know if you've got an environment like what you're creating there now uh where maybe you're not be you might be winning premierships every year but you've actually got the ability to be able to um to to help the community to be able to help the broader community and, and that that outreach from there is is significant you know uh it goes far beyond um, you know the the silverware. Um, I, I believe you know that, that sort of stuff's nice, but I don't know. Like you know, a lot of people have the mindset, "Oh, we play sport to win premierships." Well, yes, yes, you do, but there's so much more around that. You know, um, 
uh, and there's just a whole life experience which goes with it, and it's it's really you know wonderful to to hear you say that you will only go and work for an employer that actually um, you know has uh, the ability to be able to contribute to to Mitch as an individual, and and, and not only. Uh, value Mitch through remuneration, but also value him, um, you know, for his for his life and also what he's able to bring to his uh, his family and everything else around that. Because, mate, it's it's still bad. You know, we talked about mental health before. Um, you know, improving possibly through sport, but you know, there's a lot of band aid fixes still in the workplace. Um, I just think there's so much potential to be able to do exactly what you're saying there and. You know, I encourage any employer listening to, uh, to this to, to maybe reach out to you to see how you're doing it because if they can embrace some of your uh, cultural philosophies into the uh, environment, productivity increases, you know, everything uh, benefits from that. And, um, yeah, mate, um, yeah, what you're doing is, is a full, uh, you know, full credit to you but also full credit to all those that you've learned from in the past and, and um, there's only going to be, you know, good things to come. Uh, from the for, for the Mackay community, but also you know, um, you know, greater communities in general that you're in touch with. Yeah, I hope so. Like I, I definitely know those. Like, you know, we are perfect, and we do. In saying that, like we 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 have that environment and culture within the club, but we also expect high standards as well, mm-hmm. and. The, but what comes with that is flexibility and um, celebration and reward for effort. Um, so I, I think that there definitely is that balance there with, um, you know, making sure we're implementing our strategic plan. Everyone is um, hitting their marks with what they need to do within their role. Uh, but it's, it's, again, it's that holistic approach to to work and and that balance is so important because I want that within my role and I yes. want to make sure that everyone has that um, that that sense of belonging and support um, within their role who's working for the cutters and uh, in, in comparison to the sort of bigger clubs you know, we are a small club in the scheme of things we've got six full-time employees and you know, as I said before, five teams and a lot of volunteers that, that support our programs. But, you know, we do expect a lot from the people who do work at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, the, when uh, I'm sort of just, I, just, I don't want to, like, put us up as the pin-ups um, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I think we're, we're doing um, some good work. I think COVID's taught us a lot too, like, you know, what everyone... Um, probably expects as well from a board level right down to a new employee coming in. Mm. Um, I think it, the landscape's changed a little bit. Oh, for sure, mate, it has. Uh, I think people are starting to become a little bit more um, aware of, uh, of maybe better ways of doing things and um, you know, not being so uh, results-driven. Um, you know, I think the camaraderie that comes with the club is going to be much more valued now than what it previously was, particularly down south, you know. Um, having the, that taken away from a lot of people and then being able to have that brought back again, just uh, really nourishing and, and nurturing that, I think, is you know, so important. What are you doing now to look after yourself? Yeah, well, COVID, I found running through COVID. Uh, so I've, I fell in love with running. I used to hate it. I used to you know, <laughs> do the footy training and I'd dread 
jumping on. I remember, you know, at Collingwood, I'd rather um, either run a 10 or, or jump on a treadmill and I'd pump out three to five K. It was nothing over five K, definitely. <laughs> and I, I used to dread it, but um, and I'd probably do it once a week. And, you know, now I'm running three to four times a week and I've mm. uh, done a couple of marathons um, over the last couple of years and I just find that's my sort of meditation, that's my um, escape, but it's also my time to um, problem solve as well. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I love the, the physical and psychological benefits I get from running. Mm. That and my family, I've had a little uh, little fella uh, June last year and he's about to turn, turn one very soon and um, yeah, he's a joy. He's, it's a many a life, if you ask me. Yes, yeah, that's true, mate. It's amazing how quickly they grow up. So just <laughs> take it, take it one week, one year at a time. It's, uh, yeah. it's interesting you touched on running like that was a big thing for me too. Like, um, uh, sort of maybe. Well, you, you wouldn't. You, well, I used to run up and down those stairs at the Mackay grandstand there when I was up there a bit but <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I got I got more into the long distance stuff and um, what what it basically did mate is once the breath gets into a flow then the mind starts to sort of settle down and balance out and then you sort of get into this nice rhythm and, and you're more connected with yourself that's the, the great thing about uh, you know uh, endurance oh, I suppose and you know it doesn't matter whether it's 3k's or 5k's if you eventually start to like build it up a little bit um it's just really you versus you i i reckon um you know the 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 thing for me was it was to overcome um uh the ego and trying to go too fast and um and also yeah. what what other people were were expecting of me or comparing me against but once i actually let go of that and just started to enjoy it it become tremendous yeah and um yeah it's definitely a a passion now and of um of able to get a few other people close to me into running as well and yeah that gives me great joy as well and to share runs with them and mm. um you know, go on especially around Macau, I've got some beautiful places like Yungala and go up to the rainforest and run through you know beautiful trails and yeah. um you know while I'm here you know Hamilton Island's got some some of the best runs um or trail little network um you know, anywhere and I'll be running every day I'm here and making the most of it and yeah I, the, the time for me the, the time at the start was the biggest one of um, you know definitely slowing down my runs like you said and um, learning how to breathe with running that definitely slowed me down and mm. uh, and just in, enjoy the, the the now and the moment of running rather than the outcome yeah, that's right. The, outcome, the, the outcome's great because how you feel after running is is a, a big draw card to it. Um, it can be an addiction for people, but yeah, definitely while you um, you're in it, that's that's why I'm just loving it at the moment. Mm, agree, and yeah, like you know, you get to the stage where you can do a marathon or more. You feel mentally like really in tune. Oh, I did anyway for like a few days after that. Um, um, my problem was, was I was sort of doing lots of Ks and I was, I was, I was trying to you know, nearly do 150 to 200 Ks a week. So you're getting up to nearly doing a marathon every day, um, you know, and I, and I got yeah. to a stage where I was being too competitive of, against myself, but then I just started to let go of that and enjoy it. And um, yeah. yeah, it is a joy, mate. It's, uh, it's one thing you probably encourage me to do a little bit more now, but um, I'm finding cycling's working really well for me and skipping and a few other things and um, yeah, I just think anything you can do to tune in with yourself um, is important, you know. Um, 
you know, whether that be whether that be a practice of, uh, of, of body uh, activity through exercise or, or some meditation or yoga. I think if we're investing in our own well-being, um, you know, we, only, we don't only benefit everyone else does around us. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Um, another one to that is probably, it's not that I don't hear enough about it, but I think when we talk about uh, you know, meditation and uh, the, you know, your wellbeing toolkit, for me, um, probably a big one that I'm trying to be better at myself just because I'm, I'm kind of that type of person where I'm, I'm I'm more of an introvert and I like my own sort of space and time but that's connection and mm-hmm. that connecting with you know especially my family and um, you know calling my brother more calling my mum more um, you know calling my grandmother back and spending time with my, my wife and my son and that that time again just like the running when I'm in it really be in the moment um, yeah. that's probably one thing I've been focusing on a bit more of late and will continue to um, enjoy even more going forward because I'm you know just finding you know that is gives me happiness at the end of the day and um, really just valuing that mm. do, you, do you think that meditation's helped with that engagement yeah, I, th- I think I think so, and it's all that self-reflection that happens in in those moments, and um, identifying you know what I do really value and what's important. Um, I, I was actually talking to, to about this the other day with someone about my values, and yeah, my values have changed over time, and um, they will always change. I think sometimes you know even day to day, what I'm valuing that day might change and for me it's time at the moment i'm really valuing time in, in lots of different um aspects you know being on time number one um respecting other people's time um the time i'm spending um on in meetings or you know in certain work aspects or time i'm spending with family time i'm um investing in running um mm-hmm. It's probably changed from it's an aspect of respect, but you know, respect was always a really high value of mine, especially growing up. You know, mm-hmm. to show respect and get respect as an example, but it's sort of trans, uh, it's evolved a little bit more into a bit more specific around what I'm doing with my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Particularly having a, a child now. Um, <laughs> That'll uh, yeah, that opens your eyes. Yeah, for sure. That's it. It certainly does. And yeah, it's interesting. Did you did you find the transition into fatherhood pretty uh, pretty easy, or did you sort of doubt yourself a little bit at the start? No, I was really looking forward to it. Um, I was, what um, I had Ashton at thirty four, so I'm a little bit older, yeah. um, and probably you know from my own life, it's been a better thing to have kids probably a little bit older. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I was definitely ready, and that, that was a big thing just to know that like, I can, you can never be ready, but always, you know, on, in reflection, I'd rush rather have him now than um, a little bit younger. I don't think I was ready at a younger point, um, and everything has to come into that, like meeting, meeting you know, Brooke, getting married, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been... It's been awesome. Like every day is there's something new and um, just makes you smile and challenges and yeah, just it's just endless. But um, so much, so many more things to look forward to and and again, so many more challenges 
to go through with him as well, which um, makes sure that I'm hopefully setting a good example for. Just keep him away from Blant. Yes. <laughs> or, or make sure from building a tennis court and That's putting it. stuff away or have it built. You've only got uh, quite a few other pests up there, cane toads and uh, God knows what sort of things. <laughs> Different ball game. Uh, Mate, um, heck, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there's going yeah, to be plenty of things that he's going to be bumping his head on or running into, so For it's all sure. good. Mate, how can people get hold of you if they want to reach out and, um, you know, sort of maybe have a chat about the work you're doing or, um, you know, just keep an eye on, on the cutters, I guess? Uh, yeah, probably cutters' website is mccoycutters.com.au or we've got an Instagram page or Facebook page and I'm got my uh, own sort of little uh, podcast podcast we've been doing around change the game and a holistic um, discussion around our community so you can sort of follow that if if that interests you or um, yeah my emails mcook at mckaycutters.com.au easy easy mate do you remember James Cook that used to play for Footscray and Carlton and mother, one other club he, yeah he wasn't yeah. a relation of yours was he he was from down that way somewhere no no, there's a few few cooks around, but <laughs> no. <laughs> Where I live here at 1770, the first cook came. That was Captain Cook, and uh, yeah. the, the, the cooks haven't left since. So. <laughs> <laughs> Still, yeah. All right, mate. Really appreciate the chat, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna have more in the future. Cheers, Aaron. Appreciate it. Thank you.